Welcome to Return to Oswald. I'm Derek. As always, I'm joined by Scar and Brandon. Scar, how are you doing today? I'm good, bro. Hanging in there. Um, I did not love this episode. I liked it a lot more than the last episode. I just didn't. Um, I don't know, like whether I was I was feeling some kind of way because I had some some life issues, like my 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 daughter was sick and stuff like that. Like, and I just like, oh yeah, I need to get this episode out the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I just. I don't know. I just didn't. It just didn't hit me in the same. It didn't hit me in a good place. I feel you, Brandon. How about you? How are you doing? You're muted. I'm doing great. I couldn't hear you because your microphone is really low. Turn yourself up in the microphone, fam. You can hear me. You just want to be difficult. I know. I just want to fuck with you. This episode was fine. It was just a lot going on. There was a lot going on, and that's what it feels like always happens on Oz. Like, I don't give a fuck if they say that this is episode 10 of season four, which they did. This is episode two of season five, because they're carrying this shit the same way they carry every other early season show, which is the first episode of the new season has absolutely nothing to do with what happened in the previous season, or it's like six months later. And then in the second episode... They start bringing in all sorts of new motherfuckers. Yes, and we we get brought in the the worst character, worst written character to me. One of the one of the worst, other than Jiggy Walker. Like I think I think Burr is a very poorly written character. Which one is Burr? Burr's the old man. The old man. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I didn't have a problem with Burr. I think Burr actually made the uh, episode better for me um than it would have been without him but it also felt like um the way that they're already handling him in this episode made me wary for where we're going in the future as far as his interactions um this episode was called conversions um and that is more in the regards to i guess God like Augustus, is that what we're going to call him when he's the narrator? Uh, GLA is talking about how folks convert from one religion to another. So it's more based around that. Plus, there are people trying to convert to a certain religion in this episode. Um, but there's also conversions that are happening in M City that make no sense. Uh, for example, McManus is now doing more instructional programs like he is now uh, making people watch an educational video uh, for for half an hour a day of their free time. So during their free time, your free time ain't really free. Um, No, it's a hefty fucking fee. And also, (laughs) and I'm proud to be an American. (laughs) Um, And also now instead of going to the hole, you go to the cage, which is in the middle of the day room in M City, and I looked at that and I was like, "What the what? What's the big deal, pops? Like you're not in solitary. It's not all dark and dank and wet and shit. You can still watch TV. All your friends are still walking around there. Like I don't see what the big deal is. It seemed more like a timeout in elementary school to me. 
Because they didn't like block it off. If like if you got if you got homeboys, like your homeboys can like kind of sit around the cage and keep you keep you safe. You know what I mean? It's just like, but it's just like I guess the whole thing where you just kind of feel like that you really uh, at that point you really feel like you're treated like an animal in a place like that. Because no, it's the like, opposite. It's like the it's like the equivalent of you used to get beatings, now you get timeout. Like it's the more progressive way to handle it. Because what this actually does is you are basically on display for everybody to fucking chastise you and laugh mm-hmm. at you and you get to see everybody walking like when you go to the hole right the hole is just fucking cruel but you're also there there's no sound there's nobody doing anything you're just in there by yourself most of them just probably fucking go to sleep and then it's up oh, time to get out the hole and you come out the hole right in this place mm-hmm. you're not going to sleep because if you, if you go to sleep you know someone's going to come by and fuck with you and smack the cage. Mm-hmm. But you got to see everybody else walking around, talking, playing games, doing shit. It's, it's just a modern, it's just like McManus's version of, well, now you time, know, time out for elementary school. No, no, this is, this is exactly what this is. The, 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 I just, and I just thought of this. This is the equivalent of in school suspension. Like this, <laughs> as opposed to going to the hole, this is the equivalent of in school suspension. Y'all not remember what the bench was like at recess when you had to sit on the timeout bench um, and you couldn't move from that timeout bench and your friends could come over and be like, hey, man, yo, you okay over there? And you're like, yeah, (laughs) motherfucker, I'm just sitting on a bench. And the uh, yard duty teacher would be like, don't talk to him. And then they'd be like, all right, man, stay up. And he'd be like, all right, peace. (laughs) That's exactly what this is. Go play your kickball, nigga. I'll be over here. I I think this is way more like in school suspension to me. Like, in school suspension was like where you had to sit in a separate room from everybody else, though. Yeah, but like, you're still in the midst of whatever's going on. The thing about in school suspension is not the fact that you had to go there, it was the location of in school suspension and everybody that had to watch you walk in that fucking room. Yeah, okay. But when you walk into that room after that point, you're gone from their view. When you're on that bench, at timeout at recess or at another school that I was at because I didn't have benches. They had the timeout circle, which was literally a circle painted on the ground. You had to stand in that circle during timeout. That was much worse because you couldn't even sit down. Bruh. But I mean, it ain't like this, the motherfucking chokey from Matilda or something. It's a, it's a cage. Ain't nobody going to come by and shank you. Like, <laughs> can't run, nigga. Like, this yeah. is your idea. You literally spent taxpayers' money to build a step and a cage in the middle of a prison. You you literally build a monkey cage in the middle of a uh, of a prison, yeah, right? Because it's not big enough to be a bear cage or like some lions or some shit. It's just for, like small enough for some monkeys to be in. You know, you put some trees and shit in there. Watch some little niggas climb around. You know what I mean? You can walk to the cage and give them some food. And you watch the little niggas eat the, um, you know, peel the bananas upside down. Like all that shit. Like, you know, it's a monkey cage. And so um, Keller says something derisive that wasn't really that big to McManus. And McManus is so eager to use his cage that he's like, Keller, you'll be the first one to go in. <laughs> and they don't even show the shit. Like, they just cut away to yeah. Omar being released from solitary. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it was like, it, like it, he just waited for somebody to say something and went, and there we have our first contestant. Right? <laughs> Come Keller on down! Keller could have been in the back and said, eh, he would have been like, get your ass in the cage, you bitch. <laughs> right 
Hey, who farted? It wasn't me. Do you think it was me, Color? Get your ass in the cage. Like, eh, you're in there for two hours now. Yeah. Uh, it's like just... they didn't put spikes on the ground or something. And I mean, I realized the McManus after what happened with um, Miguel, you know, harming himself when he was in solitary and all these people harming themselves in solitary and in the hole. I can, I can understand him, you know, trying to avoid solitary and the hole, except for the fact that Omar got released from solitary and Supreme Allah takes, takes time out to tell him, yo, let M-City know the Supreme Allah is not done. Yeah, because last time I checked, when they in there, um, those fucking, the little, the little peep windows is closed. Why was he as open? Mm-hmm. Can you move that with your fingers? I've never been in solitary. I've never been to jail. Uh, I mean, I, yeah. I, mean, I, I want to go in just to try and slide that thing back out of my fingers. Like, ha, ha. Now he gets sent to the cage. <laughs> no longer in, the, in solitary. Um, but McManus tells Omar that he's going to do whatever it takes to help Omar. But Omar needs to get off the drugs. So in the next scene... <laughs> Omar's doing drugs. He is doing oh. drugs, talking about he that about what McManus said to him. Like, I got motherfucking like, said, motherfucking said, I gotta stop doing drugs. I don't abuse drugs. I treat them better than most people. <laughs> that's the whole equivalent. That's a whole equivalent of when you mad at your mom's and you just go shoot. Except for she can't hear you. <laughs> like he was, he ain't trying to. You want me to be all drugs? Shoot. Let me let me let me get some more. Let me get some more drugs. <laughs> he's so he's he is so predictable. And why is he a main character? I don't know. I don't know why Eddie's a main character. Because you know he does crazy shit. Look what he's done in two episodes, man. Because the next thing that happens is that Miguel gets captured. I guess whatever show he was on was over. Why did it take Miguel two years to get to to Mexico? It said he was he was away for six months. <laughs> That's what they said. But but we also don't know where he started from to get all the way to Arizona to try and cross the border into Mexico. Because we are we are under the assumption that we are in New York or New Jersey. New York, yes. This is two thousand. Mm-hmm. This nigga could just get on a fucking bus. Mm-hmm. They ain't stopping people. This is before nine eleven. This is before nine eleven. He put on a fucking hat. A jacket. Nobody's gonna know. Oh, that's the that's the Latino man that broke out of prison. That see that scar? That must be Miguel. No. Okay. Yeah, it's just to make no. It, it makes no sense. It makes no sense how he was able to evade this shit for so long and like making it to all the way to Arizona just to be brought all the way fucked back to New York would suck. Also, Chico. For some reason, getting all amped up. I mean, I know why he's getting all amped up, but he's like, yo, Miguel's coming back. I'm going to kill him. And Morales is like, nah, man, you need to let that hate go, man. You need to be more like me. Be a businessman. Wear business suits. Surf the internet. He was just like, yo, um, like you talking about he tried to kill you. Word on the street, you tried to kill him first. So he tried to kill you back. Like, what you mad about? You tried to kill him. He got to jump on you. Why you mad? It's all fair and love and robbery or whatever. So Chico tells uh, Morales, all right, I'm going to let it go because Chico's a follower. Also, what I found out yesterday while I was watching TV, 
if you watch season three of uh, Burn Notice, Chico's on there and he still can't open his eyes. So it wasn't just him <laughs> doing that as an acting thing. I thought it was just like really good acting. I like Burn Notice at, at, at some point, but I lost my place and I cannot remember, I cannot figure out where I left off. I realized that I made it through like two seasons. So I bought all, they sold all seven seasons on Voodoo for like 15 bucks. Okay. So, you know, I'll give you my, I'll give you my password. I've said this to him like 50 times, listeners. He never does it. No, we could. I do have access to HBO now, temporarily. Okay, cool. You must have gotten a new phone. Um, nope. So they take Miguel and put him right. Well, they don't take him and put him right back in the solitary. First, he stops and talks to Leo. And he's like, did you miss me? And Leo's like, not even a little bit. And Miguel was like, yeah, y'all weren't really going to catch me if I made it into Mexico. Because Leo was like, we would have followed you. And he was like, nah, I would have gone down to Nicaragua, Guatemala. I would have walked the Andes Mountains to Chile. And then I would have got to the end of the world. Would you have followed me to the end of the world? Leo was like, not. Probably not. He said, he said, <laughs> I ain't follow you to where you went. Why would you think I'm that I'm following you? All right, six. I'm just want to know a, a bus trip from somewhere in the northeast, which is what we can assume Oz is, from somewhere in the northeast to Arizona is like four days. Four, four days, yeah. Days. You've been gone six months, bro. You're a criminal. I'm not saying that to be rude. I'm saying you're a fucking criminal. You can't steal fucking. A hundred dollars to get on a fucking bus and get to Arizona and then walk across the fucking border in 2000 when there wasn't a fucking wall there. <laughs> I mean, what he was doing was important. He was breaking into people's houses, stealing one trinket, and then leaving their water faucets on. He's climbing on your wet bandits. Don't disrespect the wet bandits. <laughs> <laughs> wet bandits would have been in Mexico. I guarantee you that. Oh man. So they put Miguel back into uh, back into um, what's it called? Solitary, solitary. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called. Right next to Supreme Allah. Supreme Allah is like, eh. Miguel's like, who's that? And the guard is like, don't worry about it. He's just another hump like you. So now you got two humps in there. But guess what? There's about to be three because Omar gets is working in the um kitchen and chico who has never spoken to omar as far as we know ever ever goes up to omar and wants him to put poison in alvarez's food put something in alvarez's food like what i don't know rat poison or something look the point is you kill him omar i'll see that you get all the fucking tits you need huh what do you say no no. Why no? I just don't like you. You don't like me. I can't put my finger on it. It's like, I don't know if it's the way you look, the way you smell, your breath, the way you talk. I don't know what, you know, but just something about you just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. No, fuck you, nigga. Why Never. after somebody tells you, I just don't like you, there's something about you, I can't put my hand on it that just pisses me the fuck off about you, and he references your breath. Why after him telling you so honestly that I just don't like you, do you call him a nigger? 
No, he went full Schillinger. You never go full Schillinger because Schillinger never does this unless he has some sort of backup near. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do this without some sort of backup in the room. And Why would you do this by yourself? If you're going to do it, don't do it by the cutlery. He's <laughs> <laughs> a crazy man. Chico is not a crazy man. Chico's a coward. No, not Chico. Um, no, that's what I'm man. saying. Chico should have thought about this stuff. Like, okay, I'm going to back off because in every other situation until uh, El Cid was there, Chico was always a follower and a coward. So he wouldn't have had... Chico probably thought Eddie was just going to say no. Like, fuck you, get away. At worst, or yes. He probably didn't, he probably didn't consider that he's going to take this big-ass fucking chopping knife and stab him. Until he well, he also, well, actually, he did not expect him to say no because his offer was... You do this for me, and I'll give you all the tits you can shove up your nose. And he was he was like, This dude is a fiend. Yeah, he's gonna take me up on my offer. And when he says no, he just goes, Why? Why would you not want more tits? Mm -hmm. Why must you be a nigger? Okay, all right, we're starting. How many times do black people get called nigger in eyes? That shit don't fuck with bother them no more. It bothered him enough to stab him. So far with Omar, we know two things he doesn't like. Being called a nigger, and he's a homophobe. Those are two things we know. Two things we know he likes is drugs and the pursuit of drugs, which is <laughs> right. why this doesn't make any sense at all, because he don't know Chico, and he don't know Miguel, so it shouldn't have meant anything to him when he said, when they asked an, ele- uh, 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 an admitted person with a drug problem to stab somebody for all the tips they want. No, I mean, they, he, he, remember, he wanted him to poison him for all the tips. Yeah, no. he. So you were going to literally murder somebody in their prison or in a, a newscast. You're going to murder them in your jail cell because somebody got you high. Why do you have balance for Chico and Miguel? Like, he literally doesn't know either one of them to the point where when... Um, he gets sent to solitary to be in the cell right next to Miguel's cell. This happens. You back? Uh-huh. Fuck, nigga, that got to be some kind of record or something. You Alvarez? Yeah. You owe me, dog. Inside. You owe me, dog. There's no connection. There's no nothing. That was just a a moment. It was just a it, it it wasn't about Miguel at all. It was about I don't like this dude. And then he start and I told him no. I told I told you no straight up. You asked me why. I told you exactly why. You couldn't take that for an answer. You wanted to pop off at the mouth. So, you know, I'm over here by step. Like I'm about you. Right. He should have just left it alone. But, you know, you gonna talk shit to me next to stabbing equipment. What do you think is going to happen? If I'm next to stabbing equipment, stabbing is what's going to (laughs) happen. Ain't going to be ain't be no hesitation, holleration in the stabbery. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, if we uh, uh, I think if we did named episodes, they would totally be stabbing equipment. Won't be no hesitating while you waiting in the stabbery. In the stabbery. 
All up in the stabbery. Oh, it's stupid. Oh, shit. The fact that the fact that none of, none of these parts are connected to the person who actually did this make it worse. Like it makes it so much worse because like he don't know Alvarez. You could tell he don't even really know Chico like that. And the fact that like all of this stuff is just kind of happening, it just kind of sucks. Um, and I just you know I, I that's part of the reason why I don't really. I, I didn't really dig this episode that much because it's just all just unconnected stuff. So the next thing that happens is that Ryan is uh, talking with Keller while playing a chess game. Ryan is talking to Keller about how he fucked Claire, but then she got possessive weird. So uh, when McManus came back and shipped her off to Unit J, Ryan was relieved. Now that completely clears up what happened during those six months, because I was asking the last season. He episode. spoke that he spoke that shit into existence. Like he should have he should have shut the fuck up. So when he says something, bam, he sees her ass and she tries. So I said this a couple episodes ago. That's sexual assault, right? It it what what happens this next time definitely is because he's yeah. walking down the hallway with um with Minio and sees Claire, and Claire looks at him the same way she used to look at McManus, really, and he looks down at the ground so he doesn't have to look her in her eyes. And so she gets upset, and she's like, he winked at me, and puts him in the hole for winking at her. Like, I feel like if she was still in M-City, he would have been in the cage for that, and it would have been a glory hole moment, but instead he got thrown into the hole, butt naked, and then she unlocks his cage in the hole, comes in, and assaults him. And he can't do shit about it. Like that's that's the that's the fucked up part. He can't do shit about it. And like the idea that like they would really throw him in the hole because he winked at her is preposterous. Mm-hmm. That is so preposterous. But the you know the interesting storytelling thing with this is that they're trying to do like this thing where as terrible as Ryan O'Reilly is throughout this show. The one thing that at least we know that he's not for is sexual assault because he hasn't raped anyone since we've mm-hmm. seen him. Like in, in Oz, he hasn't like done anything like that. He was furious that someone did it to Dr. Nathan. Mm-hmm. And then now it's happening. And also, remember Cyril. Oh, yeah. He was he was furious that someone like um, children. Cyril. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, that's been, like, a through point throughout the entire show. It's like, he's a horrible person, but that's the one thing he don't he don't go, he don't fuck with that. One thing that I did enjoy about this um, segment, it wasn't the assault. It had nothing to do with that part. Claire really just makes me mad every time I see her. Um, was when Keller said, from one manipulative motherfucker to another. And I was like, I'm glad somebody else sees it. Exactly. Or sees Ryan for what he is, and it just happened to be the other and monster said, in the building. He says, "Oh, is that is that the only thing that's happened between y'all?" Like, because he knows it, it. It had it couldn't have just stopped there. And I was waiting for Ryan to say, "Nah, she killed. Uh, she killed Nikolai for me, but he didn't." Which you know, I mean, they I confess mean, dumb shit all the time to one another in this show. The only person who has not confessed something has been Ryan. And until later on this episode. So um Gloria, Dr. Nathan, 
I never know what to call her because she did say that they never call me doctor. People keep calling me nurse, and we were like, who bitch you? Um we but, never see, we never seen it. But she said that they never call her Dr. Nathan. So I, I call her Dr. Nathan, but Gloria is back in Oz and um Tim is right back at it. Uh, I think that's it. Okay, I'm off to group. Bye. What are you doing? Wanna have some dinner? Nah. Well, I really only mean dinner. No, no. Rain check, okay? See ya. Well, I really only mean dinner. He went straight back to it. Like, he wasted yeah, no man, time. I gotta give this horn dog some credit. He handled <laughs> that. He handled that turn down better than we've ever seen him handle someone turn him down in this entire show. I Usually mean, he's low. What? You don't want to go with dinner with me? What happened to you? What the fuck you did? I mean, after Whittles, he moved to a completely different country. I think that kind of leveled him out. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Camp Town Ladies. <laughs> the Camp Town Lady. Uh, uh, so, um, I'm sorry. That'll never stop being funny to me. I don't. I don't care. That was a bad, a bad writing moment. Um, so anyway, uh, Cyril is being checked out by Gloria and tells uh, Gloria that Ryan is sick, uh, that when he was in a hole, he caught a cold. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, he must be about to tell her about him and Claire or something like that, but that doesn't happen. He goes to see Gloria. Uh, Ryan goes to see Gloria, who says that he does no, sound congested. No, no, no. Ryan is coughing his ass off. And then and he, he's like, I'm, I'm all right. And he's like, you're coughing on all the food. And he's just like, man, I'm all right. I'm not contagious. And then he sees her. And he was like, on second thought, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I can't walk this shit off no more. Um, they keep him overnight in the uh, medical ward for observation. And then after that, Gloria is in the locker room and sees Claire in there. And Claire tells Gloria that she's been taking good care of Ryan for her. She said that she's been giving him a helping hand. Like, why are you so proud of assaulting people? What is this even like? If if anyone's gonna be proud of it, it's got. It'll be, be Claire. Cool. Yeah, it would. Um, and why are you fucking with Doctor Nathan? What does she do to you? Right? Have we even seen them interact this entire time? Mm, now you nope. mad at her? Nope. Because oh, well, because she fucked McManus in the past. No, no, no. It's because um. She's very possessive, the same way that she was talking shit to uh, Diane when Diane hadn't even done anything to her because she was with McManus at that time. Oh, she was yeah. like lording it over. Her. I think she's trying to lord Ryan over Gloria, but Gloria's like, I never liked him. Like he's an inmate. I never even did anything with him. Why are you trying to big up yourself? Why are you trying to make oh. yourself seem tall to somebody who's not even looking in your direction? Well, we know that not to be true. Yeah. So I mean, just just based on how they look, she's like, "What's the king to a god?" Like, you know what I mean? Like, what are you what are you talking about? Here? Look at look look at us! Like, you're fucking an inmate! Like, oh no! Um, Gloria then looks at <clears throat> the four leaf charm necklace that she still has in her lock in her drawer uh, that Ryan took off of the guy who assaulted Gloria, um, and she asks him. 
if he killed the man who assaulted her. And he confesses. He's like, I, I love you. And if I had to get the death penalty for defending you, so be it. Hey, man, a- I know this is kind of weird and prop- fucked up, but it's got to be something. It's got to be a weird feeling to look at a person who says, I love you so much that I murdered the person that hurts you the most. And I, and I murdered your husband. I had your husband murdered. Like, but but she says it when she has that conversation later. She says it like I don't think anybody has ever loved me this much. Like yep. you know, I don't know what to call it. I don't know if love is the word, but it's something. It's, it's obsession. It's it's, it's blind and pure obsession. Mm-hmm. And if nobody, if you have nothing but time, which obviously an inmate has nothing but time. You can fabricate a cough into the flu. You can turn a thought into a goal and you can turn an obsession into love. Yeah. Because that's really what happened. She was there when he had breast cancer and all of a sudden he was like, I like her. And then he was like, I love her. And then he divorced his wife and then he was scraping. It got to him scraping her tattoo off his arm and all that kind of stuff. It but, built but, up. But, but obviously during all of this, she did not really, she really didn't like push him away. No. And, and she, she never really told him no. And now we find out why. Well, yeah. Well, it was, it, to me, it was always obvious that she had something towards it because even before ryan got super obsessive like even before all of that yeah they almost like it was something there even even before ryan went off the deep end it was something there yeah she she kind of on like on the slickety uh just kind of said that she found him attractive in some way shape or form and that's when that's when the sister was like so long so deeply He's responsible for the death of my husband, but he did it out of love for me and Keenan too, all for me. He loves me more than Preston ever did. Brian's love is enormous, overwhelming, unconditional, undying. Am I crazy to push him away or? Gloria, listen to yourself. His love is anything but unconditional and often anything but love. Now look, the feelings he has for you are dangerous. He is dangerous. And for you to encourage him, giving that you don't share those feelings. But I do. I do share his feelings. God help me. I love Ryan O'Reilly. Here's my thing. Is her confessing these feelings that, like we said, she may have already had, was it tilted all the way over when she found out that he killed her assaulter? The same way that his feelings for her were pushed all the way over when he when she saved him from cancer. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think, um, you know, she felt something before. Then he had her husband killed. 
And no matter how she felt about her husband, she probably didn't want him to die. So now she has these feelings of like, you know, like you did, you did this because you want to be with me. And a part of me wants to be with you, but I damn sure didn't want him to die. And And you got to remember her and her husband were separated at that time. Exactly. She was already going through something where it was like, you know, it didn't work out with this person. And she even said it talking to Peter Marie. That dude, like, I never felt the healthy version of this type of love from him ever. Like, mm-hmm. not that the yeah. not that Ryan O'Reilly's love is healthy, but she's but, basically saying I never felt any type of love like this from, like, even where close to this from anyone. But they, but they've been they've been separated since the beginning of the show. Yeah, because that's that fucking McManus, right? So they've been separated yeah. this whole time, and she ain't love McManus. That was just a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder how McManus is going to deal with this. Well, honestly, I'm not wondering how he's going to deal with this because she needs to leave Oz. And McManus wants to fuck everything that walks in that door. Yes, let's we'll see that later on. Yes, absolutely. Well, McManus. To be fair, everyone wanted to fuck that person who walked through that door. But like McManus, <laughs> has, McManus has fucked every lady that we have that that we know of from this place that we that we know a name to, except, except Sister Pete. Which I mean, also Sister Pete's all over the place because if you remember, when Nate, Doctor Nathan, thought O'Reilly was the one who had someone rape her, Peter Marie was like, "It wasn't Ryan O'Reilly. He didn't do that. Like, don't be, don't think it was him. It wasn't him. I don't think it was him." And now she's basically like, "Uh, you know, you know, he's terrible." I'm like, he is terrible. No, no, she told her when she said that when she when she mentioned before that she found him attractive in some way, shape, or form, uh, she told her like don't go, go don't go overstepping. Like the, the sister said this then. She said something to her about like calm down, like you might end up in a fucked up situation with this. And then it ended up being in a fucked up situation. But the sister told her immediately when she said that something to the effect of finding him attractive. So, so the sister has never changed. She she said, I don't think he did this crime, but she has never changed from the fact that this is not something you should pursue. Yeah, that's true. So um, Devlin won the election. As, as we definitely expected. Um, and now everybody's booing him and Hoyt calls him a scum fuck when just two episodes ago, Hoyt was like, kill Clayton for Clayton shooting the governor. Um, also, right. he, he pulls a Paul Pierce. <laughs> he pulls the fuck out of a Paul Pierce <laughs> when he gets wheeled in in a wheelchair and all of a sudden he's standing there to, sign, to, to, to do his oath or whatever. Oh, yeah. He pulls, he pulls a Paul Pierce for real. <laughs> But um, so now we find that Boost Mollis is Leo's new assistant, um, and he sucks like bad. He like has the memory of me. Um, so Sister Pete suggests hiring someone from the outside for the position. She has somebody in mind already, a lady named Floria Mills. Floria. Um, the first day that Floria is there. All the inmates are whistling at her because she's a young, uh, attractive lady. 
Um, and, <laughs> and, and McManus pulls a house party. We were just talking about house party. McManus pulls a house party where he got this look on his face like, I'm getting those digits. Like, he <laughs> 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 pulls a house party. Like, you can see those wheels turning in his mind. He doesn't say anything, but you see that shit on his face. But before that, before he can get a chance, uh, Leo was telling her about how his wife and him decided to separate. And honestly, I expected them to separate ever since Leo put uh, artist's artist's assault on blast uh, for a position that he didn't resign so then he could stand next to a criminal. So that didn't surprise me in the least, but Leo's about to have an affair. I can tell that just by the way he was talking. All that call me Leo stuff. We don't know if they're actually getting separated. She said that me and my wife decided he said to get that. separated. Yeah, he said that. His wife could walk in and be like, Leo just ain't been coming home recently, and I didn't know why. Well, from what the show tells us, they're separated. Yeah, from what the show yeah, tells she us. Has, she has very good reason. She has a great reason, but what the show, from what the show's also told us, Leo has no problem in lying to advance his own uh, needs. No, is he is he a liar? His brother. Um, Okay, a lie by omission is still a lie. Okay, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm. I'm. If they don't, that that lets you know I've been married before. (laughs) If they have, if they have an affair, I'm. I'm gonna wreck. I'm gonna recall this. I'm telling y'all. Boost, Miles, and Norma are getting married. Um, Brevito's like, are you sure that you want to get married? How's it going to work when you're in jail and she's out there? And Boosmouse is like, I ain't going to be here for long and shows him the hole that he dug. And he's like, this time I'm taking you with me, buddy. We're both going to be dancing out there. Like, I still don't understand why they keep, they don't come in and just search his cell furiously. Like every single day. Move everything. Like, and, and then like, how, how has he been moving the bed the bed in order to do this and no one notices anything because he got to move the shit and he got to move it back anybody bueller i don't understand it um the other ones i kind of understand like no one's paying attention to that closet and no one's paying no one's paying attention to the the hole that they did right by the toilet like no one's paying attention to that and i can see that but like if you literally have to move the beds out of the fucking way in order to dig this hole and no one sees anything with a fucking whole glass front to the fucking cell it makes no sense no sense none of it makes sense about the digging of the hole, none of that shit makes sense. I guess he's just really good at what he does. No, he's not. He's a metahuman. He has to be. He's part mole. I think so. He wasn't joking. He's like, I'm the mole. Um, There's no other way to explain it. Return to Oswald. We'll be back after this brief break. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasts with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you can get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-o-g-o dot c-o. 
And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. This is Wine, Dine, and Storytime. I'm Nydia. I'm Dana. I'm Cindy. And we're your hosts. Have you ruined a family gathering by asking what wine pairs well with eating a husband? Are you the CEO of TMI? Have you ever been kicked under the table because you brought up your favorite dinner topic, atrocities throughout history? Then this podcast is perfect for you. Each week, Dana and I share stories based on topics that include true crime, historical shenanigans, unexplained mysteries, and all things fascinating, while our amateur chef Cindy prepares themed dinners and pairs wines based on those topics. Find us, the Wine, Dine, and Storytime podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, and give us a follow. When I was a child, I thought as a child, and as a child, I thought some really horrible movies were really good. But then I grew up. Hindsight is a podcast where my friend Brandon and I go back and look at movies that we thought were dope when we were kids or young adults. Some of them are just as good as we remember them, but other ones, shush. I mean, really, if you as a grown adult are not terrified by Junior from Problem Child. And if you, as an adult, don't think Claude from Life is the real villain of the movie, I don't know what to tell you. We talk about stuff like that. We also talk about things like how Steve Latimer from the program is the worst person in the world. How Belly was a great music video, but a horrible movie. And why Kevin from Home Alone was absolutely a horrible kid. Now, Brandon doesn't believe in half the stuff that I'm saying, so we usually end up arguing about it, which makes this show excellent. And we have a great time doing it. It's funny, it's insightful, and we get some really great folks on to talk to us about it. So check it out. If you ever wondered what your favorite movies as a child would look like as an adult, check us out. Chances are we've already seen it. And it ain't pretty. We're available on Linktree backslash HSMR. Or you could just type us into your favorite podcatcher. We'll be there. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you later. Peace. You do what you have to do to play. Remember those stories you were supposed to read in high school? Oh, uh, Dickens. Poe. That's literally all the names I can think of. Did you read them? Obviously I didn't. Let us read them for you. Uh, That sounds dangerous. What does? Reading. (laughs) It might go badly. But that's half the fun. I'm Ken Sandberg. And I'm Heather Michelle Lawler. Check out Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf. Campfire Classics is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Listen, like, follow. So the next thing that happens is uh, Saeed and the Muslims are in a group meeting. Um, uh, uh, it's not the Bible. The Quran. The Quran. They're having a Quran study. Um, and Leroy comes in looking like the dude from uh, Malcolm X after Malcolm points and has everybody walk off. No, he he pulls a Dougie Doug from Class X. Can I hang with y'all? Can I roll with y'all? Can I be down with y'all? And like, <laughs> that's basically what he does. And like, uh, and he tries, no, no, he tries to do it sincerely. And like, is and Saeed is like, nah, no, 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 you can't. But no, he didn't. I mean, yeah, maybe. But you see Malcolm X, right? No. 
That's why. Okay, so there's a scene in Malcolm X where after he, um, after the iconic scene that everybody's seen where he walks up to the hospital and he's like, uh, we'll leave when we find out our brother's going to be all right and everything. They find out that he's going to be okay. They go back to a restaurant and a dude comes in there and he's like, what I saw in there was so fucking fresh. I want to know how I can become a Muslim. And Malcolm's just looking at him like, Mm. I also I also thought about Benny Blanco, Benny Blanco from the Bronx. Mm. Once once what happened later happened. Mm. It, it was very Benny Blanco. It was. What thou wilt sit despised and forsaken. Thy Lord has decreed that ye shall not serve other than him. And kind. What do you want? I need to talk to Minister Saeed. Continue. And kindness to one's parents, whether one or both. Minister, please. I want to become a Muslim. Ted, go away. I know in the past that I've been fierce hanging with Adebisi and stuff. But when I saw him bleeding and you with that shank in your hand, I knew I had to change. I want to join you. Get up. Save me, Minister. Saeed. I said, get up! Hey, hey! What's going on? This man is harassing me. You causing trouble, Leroy? No. Then get your ass gone. You know I never liked Leroy Tid. The man's done nothing but flex since he came into Oz, but if his conversion is real, then... It's not. How do you know for sure? Now, you of all people, you're gonna question my ability to judge others. You. No. <laughs> that is shade right there. That's, <laughs> that's... that's the part I wanted to play. That's that's how you bitch a motherfucker like you of all people. Like you, you gonna go, you gonna question me? Me, I, nigga? I tried to tell you from the gate that you weren't ready for this. You kept saying that you were. Now do you think you are? Then follow me. But at the same time, and this is Brandon is starting to wear off on me. Or or wear on me, or rub off on me, rub off on me. Um, in this regard. I see where Saeed's coming from. In Saeed's mind, Leroy is a man who is engaged in homosexual acts. He is also engaged in drugs. And he's tried to get Saeed killed and plotted against him multiple times. So to Saeed, this is a man who cannot be saved and definitely not. Saeed's not going to take the time to try and do it. Right, Brandon. Mm -hmm. yes. What do they say on what do people what do, what do people say on Twitter all the time? Uh, I I don't have to be the one to explain this. Yeah, I think under me. I think another thing another thing definitely is you can tell that um, the way Saeed feels about what he did, and he wants to be as far away from anything concerning at a BC as he can. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and like and having one of Adebisi's homeboys wanting to be down with him. It's just like, no, I want to be as far away from anything Adebisi related as possible. And then you walked in here and started talking about what I did that I feel some sort of shame for. That ain't gonna get you nowhere with me. And so he was right. He was full of shit. Yes. <laughs> but before Saeed uh, could get his victory lap, uh, Beecher comes in because <laughs> Leroy comes to uh, the drug counseling meeting and admits that he's a drug addict and all that kind of stuff. And people are like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and <laughs> Beecher's like, no, I think he's serious. This guy, Leroy Tid. I think he is genuinely sorry. I think he genuinely wants to change. And you came to this conclusion how? He was in rehab today. Many and ours have used rehab, have used Islam for their own agenda. Tid is one. You've embraced a lot of men far worse than him. Jefferson Keene, a poet, Adabisi. No! Not Adabisi! See? That mention. I see. You see, you see what? Tid hung with Adebisi, and you feel guilty about having killed him. No, I do not feel guilt. I did the right thing. I did what had to be done. Jesus Christ. That's what I said about Andrew Schillinger and Hank Schillinger. Taking a life is acceptable as long as it's excusable, right? So one thing that I wrote down here and I'm I'm trying to recall the context and how I was feeling when I wrote it. Who gets to be the arbiter of change in your life? Like Saeed has tried to change so many different people in Oz. He has reached out to so many people trying to save them or trying to change them or trying to um, make them into a different way. But he's never changed. And he's always been reluctant or resistant to anyone who tells him that he needs to or that they see something in him. The only person who was close to getting him to change back was Trisha Ross. Right. So are y'all usually generally are y'all more like Saeed where you're like, I'm not going to change myself but I'm going to try and get everybody else to change to fit the needs that I have or do y'all see or or would y'all say that he is still as prideful and still as misguided as he always has been still even when he tried to play it like he wasn't after the Trisha Ross thing and he was on the house with the Muslims he kept to himself but you can see every time he tried to interject and help Arif it was for his own reasons mm-hmm. I think he's just tired of trying to change people and it backfired on him mm. and, and then I think I think every every time so far 
we've seen him we've seen him switch up his whole demeanor at the mere mention of Adebisi this season. You mentioned Adebisi around him, and he he is like a switch flips. It's go time. Yeah, it's he, he, you know, and I think it I think it is exactly what Beecher said. Like he feels guilt for this. Like I don't think he wanted to do that. Um, I think he wanted to. I think he wanted to get Adebisi put away longer or be put somewhere else. Um, and he wanted to restore M City back to the way that it was. I don't think he wanted to kill anybody. And because of that, that is what he feels guilt about. Like he felt like he was put in a situation where he was forced to kill someone. And now he just doesn't like he I don't I don't even want you to don't say his name. Like you know what I mean? He's Voldemort around these parts. Like don't fucking say his name around me. Like, don't even, don't even mention that he must, he who must not be named. Like, I don't even want you to say that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he, he is very much Voldemort in in Saeed's world. Mm-hmm. No more shopping sprees. Yeah, and every every mention of him is a reminder of something that he feels guilt about. Yeah, I feel that. So we hear the end of a joke being told by rope by Robson to the Aryans. And the punchline is basically take the nigger. He turns to Saeed, who's sitting right behind him, and asks him if he thought the joke was funny. Saeed says no, but that Robson was a joke, and Robson tries to stab him. The reason why I'm bringing this all up is because it was funny as fuck to watch that nigga literally slide into the hole. Like, they <laughs> tossed him. He slid across the entire floor. Yo, yo, he got the he got the jazz on the ground. Like, right? <laughs> he got jazz on the ground. That's another show title in case uh, we do show titles from now on. Um, jazz will. on the ground? Jazz on the ground? I mean, I know we have to go by the, the episode title, but uh, jazz on the ground? That's a hell of a show title, dog. We never, ever will. So after that, uh, Leroy, who a few episodes back, like last episode, was calling Schillinger a pussy, uh, Leroy goes and talks to Schillinger. Or tries to. Yo, Schillinger, I want to talk to you. Somebody tell him I don't talk to, what is the politically correct term? Jungle bunnies. Oh, you don't want to talk to me. It's all the dust up between your pals and the Muslims. And I know Saeed's to blame for your boy ropes and spending a few days down the hole. Now, what I'm offering is to take care of Saeed. For the right amount of cash, of course. Will somebody tell him we can take care of Saeed ourselves? We don't need a subcontract. And will somebody tell him I'm going to get close to Saeed? close enough to cut his throat. The only thing that would have made that that scene good is when he paused and he said, what do you call it? And he said, jungle bunnies. If he would have said jive ass niggas, that would have been a great scene. (laughs) (laughs) If jungle bunnies is better. Nah, dog. <laughs> nah, dog. You just said jive ass niggas. Um, <laughs> jive ass niggas. Oh. <laughs> I'm saying though, 
honestly, this is that um, the dude, what was his name, from the very first season all over again. The one who tried to get in good with the Muslims and tried to walk away when Saeed was having a heart attack. This him all over again, but in a different direction. It's also 300. The 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 dude who was um m- m- yeah uh, yeah the the dude who was kind of messed up and he wanted to be down with the three hundred and he couldn't hold the shield up right because mm-hmm. he was not fully he was not formed correctly um and then he was just like yo dog um I don't know if you know this but I know a, I know a shortcut you know what I mean like I know a shortcut how you get how you can get to them niggas I got you I got you let me be down with you and I got you. I mean, but if I already have an idea to kill somebody, I would go to somebody else and be like, "You want me to? You you, you want to pay me to kill him?" I mean, yeah. why not? Extra credit, exactly. But hurt people hurt people. Like you ain't gonna let me be down with your crew. I wonder if he was already thinking. Like if Saeed was right. So which one is it? Was Saeed right this whole time, or is Leroy feeling hurt because Saeed? No, Saeed was right. Saeed was right. whole 100%. thing was he's trying to get close to Saeed so that mm-hmm. he can murder him for killing Adebisi. Absolutely. I believe that's the case. Leroy ain't going to make it too long in this show. Nope. Um, Schillinger sees a sonogram of his grandbaby, and his daughter-in-law lets him know that Hank is still gone five months later, which means... I guess Chucky really did murder Hank. Like it's, it's really starting to lean in that direction. Um, Schillinger tells her that Hank will be back, back home in time to see his baby born. And he believes that with all of his heart and she should too. What? You don't believe it with all your heart. I mean, I know he did. So. Yeah, we all know he did. Chucky don't lie. But does he? Have we seen him lie yet? He could be lying. He could be storing him somewhere. The leverage. For who? Schillinger. I guess. You'll be the supreme white person if you can out-supreme the white supremacists. I don't know why that hit me. That just did. So, next up. Hold on one second. Jermaine Cloutier was convicted 12-27-2000 of embezzlement and petty larceny. Sentenced to nine years and up for all in five, and he looks just like Dylan. That's a Beverly Hills 90210 theme song. He's a dude from 90210. Yeah, that's Dylan from 90210. Rest in peace. And then they and then they brought the show back after he died. Well, I would too. <laughs> he was and, the, he was the bad boy. And I am yeah, he was a bad boy in 90210. He was dating uh, 18-year-olds and 49-year-olds. Yep. But um Cloutier is a television evangelist, and he was stealing from his flock. Um, and when he first gets there, he goes and talks to Schillinger because they both know a guy named Cal Anderson. 
Whether that means Jeremiah's a racist remains to be seen. My because he, he did, well, actually, I think I don't think he is because he definitely had um, everybody was at his at, at his service. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and he did he, he didn't seem like he was like trying to gloss over certain people or talk to certain people or anything like that. Like we got no, so far we have no indication that he is. Yeah. So he asked Schillinger if he has a moment to talk and Schillinger's like, yeah, I got a moment. Let's, let's go talk now. And he goes to Schillinger and he pretty much tries to say, are you happy? Are you happy living the way you live? And then he touches Schillinger and Schillinger's like, don't ever fucking touch me, dog. Cut your fucking fingers off, dude. Like, I'll shank you. You don't know me, boy. Woo! Unhand me or we will have words. <laughs> so then after that, they are in his service and Schillinger's all the way in the back and Jeremiah's up front preaching. I don't know how he <laughs> became the head preacher for the church. I mean, I guess he took, um, what was the dude's name that was still in the drugs for, <laughs> for Ryan? I guess he took his place. Yeah, was that was that dude the head? Was that dude the head? I don't know we, because we never seen him. We never seen him actually do no preaching. The only time we but saw he was the head of the Christian group, though we know that much. Yeah, but, but the only time we, the only person we seen actually do anything is Father Ray. We yeah. didn't see this. We didn't even see the sister actually do anything in one of these settings. Yeah, we ain't seen no sister acts at all. Nope. She, so she, she, you know, even though she's back in the habit, we never seen her in the habit. Whoopee! Um, <laughs> so, so I don't know how he became the leader or got to do this uh, sermon. I don't know if McManus was like, "Hey, I know that you were a preacher outside. You can't steal no money here. You want to go to work?" And he was like, "I already got a sermon written up anyway." So he does his sermon, and in the midst of it, some random inmate stands up and is like, "Bullshit!" and confronts him. That was that was staged like a motherfucker. <laughs> that was so staged. I was like, have y'all not seen Jim Baker? Like he was like, come up front. And he drove the demons out of this dude and then tells the dude, say amen. He's like, Amen. He said, Praise the Lord. Say praise. Say it. Say, say it. I said, say it. Say your goddamn line. <laughs> the dude, dude kind of looks at him for a second, like line. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Holy Jesus, love us all. <laughs> I said, and it's true. Step forward. What is your name, my friend? Jim Burns. And why are you in Oz, Jim Burns? They say I murdered my brother, but I'm innocent. You see before you a sinner. You see before you a man possessed by demons. The demons of fear and guilt and hate. I say demons be gone. I cast thee out in the name of Jesus Christ the Savior. Demons be gone. Leave this man. Sink back into the eternal fires of damnation. In the name of God I commanded. In the name of God be gone. Now you rise. Rise up, Jim Burns. You rise and praise the Lord. Praise him. Oh, see, he gave what to say. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Woo! <laughs> 
I'm shocked there wasn't a scene later on where we saw him giving Jim Burns money. Um, also, I looked. I just looked up the guy who played in uh, played Jim Burns after Oz. Jim Burns played a panhandler in a movie called The Twenty Fifth Hour, and then he played an auction hippie in Uptown Girls. I can see both of those. That is the last. (laughs) He worked since two thousand three. I feel like. They only got Jim Burns in there because they couldn't get Kevin uh, Kevin Hall to do it. Yeah, yeah. He looks like Diesel. Um, apparently, but, he's been in. Apparently, Jim Burns has been in an episode. He's been in the episode Animal Farm in 1998. Oh, really? <laughs> no one remembers him. Like this. <laughs> he didn't get a speaking role. Must not. But he's 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 Jim Burns. That's what just happened right there. Yo, you know what happens with that song? That I think song. about the dude that proposed to his girl at a plantation and then they uh, took pictures <laughs> with him no, wearing shackles you. and her yeah. wearing a slave owner's outfit. That just happened like yesterday or today. No, I mean, I mean, we've, we've seen that before. But, um, you know, that song, right? Um, like you can start like if you like dance to it and stuff like that. It's at the perfect tempo for crit walking. Like you know it what it is. Mean? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Take the blue rag off my head so I can dance. I just want a crip walk. I just want a crip walk. All you bloods out there ain't got no chance. Oh, I just want a crip walk. You probably shouldn't say anything after that guy just got killed. So. I just got a crip walk. So woo. <laughs> I'm not going to Nipsey's. Mm-mm. So mm-hmm. after he, um, after Jeremiah and <clears throat> Jim Burns, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think you get that low enough. Like it was close. <clears throat> oh, I got it. I got it. <clears throat> what My did name. what did the preacher man do? I forgot. <laughs> Embezzlement. Oh, so he was he was a fraud. Yeah, yeah, he stole okay. money from his flock and he was a fraud. That's why no that's why we don't believe this shit with Jim Burns. Like we believe that Jim Burns was a was a was a stage situation. Yes. This man got Schillinger hooked though. Schillinger yeah. came up and was like, please change me. Please change me. I want to be happy. I I I, I want to no. be happy. No, we 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 are glossing over the fact that while the whole situation with Jim Burns is happening. Damn, uh, Schillinger is in the back, almost fanning himself like he caught the vapors. Like he was like he was like like deep into this shit. Like he was just like, yo, I think I might want to talk to him. <laughs> I got the vapors. So the next thing that happens after uh, Schillinger talks with uh, Jeremiah is that now he wants to sit down with Beecher uh, and talk with Sister Pete to put all the ugliness to rest, which means Hank's body is about to come back up. Um, Schillinger wants to um, put all their ugliness to rest. Um, but like we said, he don't know the Beecher set up Hank to be murdered. A uh, random person, Ronald Barlog, was convicted one twelve oh one, sentenced to 13 years, and he's up for parole in six. For um, what? You know, I don't know. I'm actually mad. Oh, car that, theft. 
I'm actually mad that. that they didn't um they didn't have some of the black inmates catch the Holy Ghost. I would have enjoyed that. I just want a crib walk. And they just start jumping around. Like that would have been that would have been a great scene. Especially if it was where they all did the same dance and sequence like they do on the faculty and on She's All That. I can't wait till we do teen movies <laughs> on hindsight. <sighs> High school movies where everybody knows the same dance and it's all taught to you by Usher. 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 So um, the only reason why we know Ronald Barlog is because he knows Keller and Beecher's his bunkmate. And so Keller uh, watches Beecher go up and flirt with uh, Barlog because he asked Barlog, yo, did y'all used to fuck? So Keller's probably going to end up killing Barlog somewhere along the line. Next person we see is Burr Redding. Oh, wait, 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 wait. That was retaliation because remember mm-hmm. earlier earlier in the episode, uh, he saw Beecher talking to his brother and he said the same thing to Beecher. So when Beecher realized that they knew each other, Beecher returned the favor. Mm-hmm. The difference is Keller's going to actually kill somebody. Yes. Um, Burr Redding was convicted on January 11, 2001 of murder in the first degree with seven counts of attempted murder. He was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. But in the montage that they showed, every shot that nigga was licking off seemed like death shots, except for the last one. Yeah, he, he definitely had aimbot on. Mm-hmm. Because it like he was dome shotting folks, but he only got one count of murder and the rest were attempted. Like, they lived? Right. They must be Harry Potter. <laughs> um the only one who looked like he should have lived was the one where he shot the cop twice in each leg and then stood over him. And it looked like the gun had ran out of bullets, like bullet to Tony in Snatch. Anyhow, McManus wants Saeed to help him talk to Redding about galvanizing the brothers in Oz or in Emerald City. And this shit was fantastic. Mr. Redding, I'm Tim McManus. This is Kareem Saeed. Salam alaikum. You the cat that wasted Simon out of BC. Yes, I am. Outstanding. (laughs) I heard he was one mean motherfucker. Which makes you even worse. Guess I'm gonna have to watch my step. I killed that ABC in self-defense. The court exonerated me. No doubt. But motives are less important than outcome. He's dead and you're not. May I go now? No. Burr, I think it's important that you grasp how things work around here. I grew up in the ghetto. My pops died when I was 10. I had to quit school. Support my family by doing some everything, from shining shoes to shooting crap. I went to Vietnam, where they taught me how to kill small children and women. I've been in all kinds of penitentiaries, from Arizona to Alabama and back. And I say all this not out of pride or shame. I just want to make sure that you grasp it. I already grasp how things work around here. May I go? Yes. I think the reason why I like Burr Redding so much 
is one, he sounds like Richard Pryor when he talks. Secondly, yeah, like like he's Richard Pryor with menace. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I just like him. It's it, he says everything, but goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I just like the guy. Like uh, I, don't love him. I don't love him. I'm sorry, I don't. But you know more than we do, so that's why. I don't remember, I don't remember that much. But this, but you know, I I remember something that happens, but I don't remember, you know, I don't remember much. I remember something else that happens. And so immediately after this, of course, we find out that Bird knows Augustus because somehow Augustus literally knows everybody on the outside. Augustus oh, he's been, random streets. How do you not know this? Um, you, he very much knows. I don't. I I don't. It's not. It's not like a big spoiler, but like. I do know that their connection. They they have a very real connection. Oh, okay. So they know they know each other. They, yeah, because Augustus they, knows everybody. No, 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 no. This is different. No, I mean, like, yeah, no, cool, whatever. They just it, it's still they're they're making it so that Augustus knows everybody. Of course, he knows everyone. He's the narrator, right? Like every like this state, wherever it is, gets smaller and smaller each time. Um, to be he, fair, in real prisons, a lot of people know everyone <laughs> in there. But in a max facility, if it's the only one in the state, then they're sending them through from throughout the state and beyond. Yes. But Augustus knows everybody. But this one's personal. This time, it's personal. This time, <laughs> um. Yeah, but Augustus, he asked Augustus, "Yo, who's the main man for you know who's 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 the main person for selling dope for? Who's the leader of the black folks, basically? The homeboys, get it right. The, the brothers, I, 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 the brothers. I'm not gonna call them the homeboys. I mean, they call it the homeboys. I know. Home I just, boys. I just don't. I, I, I find that to be really, really shitty. The Latinos, the whites, and the homeboys." Mm-hmm. I don't like it. <laughs> um, but he's like, yeah, poet's in charge ever since Adebisi died. So uh, Bird goes and talks to poet. They say since Adebisi died, you've been running the homeboys. That's right, man. They also say you've been doing a shit job. Look, old man, let me tell you something. You think old man bothers me? Boy, I didn't have a whole lot of men tough on me worse than make it to old. My age is my honor and my strength. Shit. You think you could just come up in and take control? Some people are born leaders, others are not. A wise man knows his own limitations. You think on that. My age is my honor and my strength. He he just straight bitched him. Right? I don't give a fuck that you call me old man because there's a lot of people tougher than you who call me old man who didn't get a chance to make it to my age. I might make that's, that a shirt. My age is my honor and my strength. That's a real shit, dog. Like <laughs> that's a real shit. I still got one more one hitter quitter in me. <laughs> 
Old man strength is a real thing, dog. Right? So this dude has already said that he went to Vietnam, uh, which is born Viet fucking Nam. Which is important in this because um Chucky and Morales invite Burr to become a part of their consortium. And he says that he'll think about it. Nothing more. He just says, I'll think about it. Then he says, I thought about it. No. And they didn't like that. So mm-hmm. now he expects that they're plotting to try and kill him, which is what he wants them to do. Try. Um, however, the next thing that happens is just like, uh, do sex mocking the ass motherfuckers. A freighter ran aground and it was found that some refugees were on it, so they got housed temporarily in the common room of M City. I I really need to talk about the safety that the the safety numbers that they've had so far for people who move into M City that aren't criminals. One nigga already got tied to the cross or uh, got pinned to the gym floor like he was being crucified, and so now you got a whole bunch of folks from China uh, who are in the common room. Uh, one of the refugees speaks English, and he's going to do whatever he can to assimilate. My nigga Juntal is in the building, dog. Yeah. From a uh, rush hour, right? Yep. That's yep. my nigga Juntal, yo. Um, the inmates get sent to lockdown so then the refugees can get settled. Uh, also, the interpreter gets macked on by McManus immediately. I told you, anything, any, any woman that passes through that building is about to get the McManus treatment. I mean, to the point where he was like, I don't want to do this. And then she came in and she was like, hey, you know what, I'm okay with this. Sizable amount of money to book passage on this boat. And from what I read in the papers, the conditions were worse than slave ships. They sailed for months. They crashed. They got arrested. They're separated from their wives and their children. So if we must have them, let's at least embrace them. Warden, this is Gal Luzau from the State Department. Miss Gal, pleasure. Thank you. We have the men in a bus outside. Okay, well, let's get them to uh, receiving a discharge. Okay. Hi, uh, Tim McManus. They'll be staying in my unit, so uh, anything I can do to make them more comfortable, you just let me know. Excellent. Come with me. I'm gonna get my stuff. Let me get my stuff. <laughs> Everybody rolling it. Claire's rolling her eyes at him because the next thing he says to her when he's walking down the hall with her is, "Hey, you you want to go to dinner? There's a there's a little uh, cafe I know, <laughs> right? a diner I know. Um, let me tell you about my dad who used to work at Attica. <laughs> so he about to get it. Um. Like, they literally have these guys sitting out in the middle of the lunchroom, like sitting ducks the next day. Um, And Chucky comes over to them and punks them out of their seats. Uh, Morales tells Chucky that there's no way to treat them and tells ZU uh, to come and talk to him later. Uh, They're they're definitely playing good cop, bad cop. Mm -hmm. Um, The next thing that happens is that ZU calls... uh, Morales, Chairman Morales, and we find that Morales is really setting up Burr uh, because of what he said about him serving in Vietnam. Like, this is all such a, they say, coincidence. We have done nothing to him. He served in Vietnam. We are Chinese. He don't know the difference. All he sees is your yellow skin. 
and he has vowed to kill each and every one of you. I will go to him. I will reason with him. Does he look like a reasonable man? Absolutely not. You must kill him. Not you necessarily, but one of your men. We are simple folk. Farmer, factory worker. We left the China to escape the killers, not to become one. Then from now on, I will call you Hombre Muerto. What is that? Dead man. Where did this storyline come from? Exactly. This shit was so fucking random for no reason at all. Exactly. Part two, Electric Boogaloo. Like what? What was this? I was so I didn't. I, I, what was this? Don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. It was. It was unnecessary. That's what it was. <laughs> it was pointless. Like I don't understand this at all. What all this to get? Uh, the new. What's the new black dude's name? Redding. Her. 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 To get him in the cage. Hmm. God, because what ends up happening is that McManus tells Burr, yo, one of the uh, refugees told me that you were trying to, that you said you were going to kill him. So if anything happens to any of them, you're in trouble first. And Burr was like, I ain't even talked to them motherfuckers. What and McManus is was like, in Oz. Hmm? What kind of rule is that in Oz? Something happens to someone, I'm choosing you. Where the friendliness go that he just had for Burr like literally a day ago because he was like, who do you think I'm going to believe, them or you? You know, I I completely forgot that he played in Lost, too. We don't care. What's my nigga Juneteen? What is she talking about? Nobody cares. Never Never seen Lost before in my life. Really? Oh, my bad. Lost was good until the end. That's why I never watched it. Kind of like Game of Thrones. That last season. Oh, boy. <laughs> mm. So, next thing that happens, um, ZU is, thanks to Chairman Morales, ZU is talking to his wife in China. Why he's talking to his wife in China in English? Nobody knows. But uh, he goes up to Morales and he's like, hey, because Morales is organizing everybody to go get ready. Or they call out that everybody has to go do work detail. And ZU's like, I want to do work detail. I want to fit in. I'm an American. And Morales is like, all right, let me talk to some guys. Let me get something set up. And ZU ends up working all by himself with no police presence or nobody to protect them why is it that as soon as these folks these innocent people get sent in the eyes they treat them like they're inmates too they should have an escort everywhere they go or they should be left in a, in like solitary somewhere for real but instead they, they said they said when the, when the when the the camera crew was in Oz and they were talking about M city and and then he showed them um cell block B he said, what did he say? There was nine other blocks like that in mm-hmm. Oz that we never hear that we never really hear anything about. But he mm-hmm. said it was nine other blocks. You couldn't find nowhere else to put these people. Nowhere. 
And of course, right after the news people have left, an innocent man is murdered in Oz by Morales and his boys. Why does Morales have beef with Burr? I don't know. Because Burr said, let me think about it. No. Because they, they, they know they can't control him. But why did Triple H have beef with Test? Because Test was, you know, blah. Test was like, you know. No, it's the reverse. Test had beef with Triple H for stealing his wife. But Test was also like, blah. Like, he took that man's wife. All right. Let somebody like, take your wife. You're going to challenge them to a steel cage match. I mean, but I mean, but but we also know that that happened with Mr. Perfect taking all of Triple H's chicks until China. <laughs> he stopped that China. He was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> that was like the running theme, right? He was like, uh, he just kept, he just kept rolling up on all of the chicks that rolled up with, with Triple H until he got to China. It was like, you know what? I'm good. So rest in peace, China. I give I, I saw your I saw your movie. I gave you a courtesy jerk. Johnny was not Johnny was cute. Like y'all just have problems with buff people. Buff women. Um, but anyway. Nobody else was in there but Morales and his boys, and yet somehow Burr McManus storms into his uh into his pod and was like, I warned you. Or it's like, warn me about what? I told <laughs> you what was going to happen if he got murdered. What the fuck are you talking about? But instead of putting him in the hole for somebody getting murdered, like you should do if you really think he did it, you put him into the cage. And Burr screams. He literally bellows like he's been shot or like the floor is made out of electricity. And I'm like, wait, what? I watch pro wrestling. Put him in the cage. What the fuck for? Come on, let's go. What the fuck's going on here? Come on, move it! It's Why? also probably claustrophobic. Like the, Nigga, the holes, you can the see holes out. a room. You can walk around the room. In there, you can't move. You just but standing there. As somebody who you're just standing there, true, but you can sit down. There's no real issue to that. And also, one of the things about claustrophobia is closed in tight spaces where you feel like the air is being sucked out, but there's no way that the air can be sucked out of that because it's literally a chain link fence. Listen, I watch pro wrestling and every time they would <laughs> hang Jim Cornette over the ring in the cage and you had to win to get five minutes with the manager, the manager would be in that cage screaming. Freaking out. So, something about it. <sighs> oh, that God. was the end, right? That was the end. No, it wasn't the end. Let me tell you what the end was. And I quote, any convert, whether he goes from communist to capitalist. Oh, wait, I got it. Convert, whether he goes from communist to capitalist or from six packs a day to smoke free, ends up condemning his former practices. Because those beliefs didn't work for him, they can't work for anybody. His vision becomes narrow, blinded by the light. Whether he's transformed into a Hindu or joins AA, 
he becomes a fanatic, if you ask me. It's the fanatics who fuck up the world. It's the fanatics who think they got God on their side. The rest of us, we don't need divine light. In the darker night, all we want is enough light so that we don't stub our toe on the way to the toilet. Well, that's supposed to be deep. I thought that was deep. No, nah, it, it, it was, this nigga no beacons. <laughs> we don't need divine light. In the dark of night, all we want is enough light so that we don't stub our toe on the way to the toilet. What? <laughs> what was that? Nonsense that 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 he tried to make that somebody who wrote that shit made it tried to make it sound deep. Mm-hmm. Well, here, listen to this: any convert, whether he goes from communist to capitalist, or from six packs a day to smoke free, ends up condemning his former practices. Okay, vegans, vegans. Okay. I can that. see that okay. because those beliefs didn't work for him. They can't work for anybody. Okay, so you're on a good you're on a good path. I'm start. I'm I'm with you on this. His, his vision becomes narrow, blinded by light. So he, his vision is, is focused on this new thing. He's blinded by this new thing. Whether he's transformed into a Hindu or joins AA, he becomes a fanatic. Vegan. Okay. All right. So you get you get some you get you know you get that born again Jesus, and now you're a fanatic. Okay. Let's see. If you ask me, it's the fanatics who fuck up the world. It's the All fanatics right. who think they got God on their side. Vegan still. End it right there. Great monologue. The rest of us, we don't need divine light in the dark of night. All we want is enough light so that we don't stub our toe on the way to the toilet. The fuck was that last line for? I feel like he ad libbed it. Nah, some somebody wrote that shit and wanted to sound deep. I'm sorry. That beginning part was cool, and then it ends it with the stupidest fucking line I could ever think of. Yep. Yep. I did, oh, um, and then the um during the the game show, somebody referenced Shakespeare and love. I, they they also like, the the beast with two backs, and again, Beecher's yeah. almost knew the answer. Yep. Of course, Be- Beecher. I mean, Beecher is clearly the most educated person in there. I mean, he was a lawyer, so he had, you got to have a lot of education to. to yeah, to definitely. Him. So, yeah. So, Brandon, you got anything? Well, this is a Evergreen show, so. We got next week. I'm really trying to think what happens next week. Episode 11. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. That does happen. Yeah. Episode 11. I'm looking forward to it. This episode, like I said, I, I like Burr, and I hope that he lives. I don't, I, I don't know why I feel this way about Burr. I, I just know that, like, just the sight of him makes me just like, I don't really like that dude. So I don't know why I don't like him. I don't remember why I don't like him. I, 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 I could be wrong, because he's done nothing so far that would make me not like him. But the moment I saw him on screen, I was just kind of like, oh, this dude. So I guess we're going to have to keep watching so I can figure out why I don't like him. But so mm-hmm. far, so far, he hasn't done anything. And I don't know why I feel this way. Okay. Well, uh, 
y'all can leave a review on Podchaser. The cool thing about Podchaser is that you can leave a review not only for the show as a whole, but also for separate episodes. Uh, you can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, and uh, wherever else you're fortunate enough to leave a review. Some of the places don't let you leave a review uh, for the show. Um, you could check us out on Twitter at Return to Oswald. Uh, Scar's on Twitter at Scarfinger. Brandon's on Twitter at that cool blick nerd. That's B O K. And I'm Rashani. Um, you can email us at return to Oswald at gmail.com. Become a Patreon member at patreon.com slash single simulcast. Uh, you can go to buy us a coffee and support us there. You can get from there. You can get uh, exclusive content and other things at buymeacoffee.com buy slash sscast. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Um, I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, we do greatly appreciate it. Um, y'all be good. We're going to holler at you later. Peace. Peace out. You should buy us a drink. This is single simulcast. Don't know by now that you slipped.